So I was told that this actually happened at St. Joseph's Hospital. The operator got a call from what was obviously the voice of an elderly, feeble woman. And the woman said, is it possible to speak to someone to ask how a patient is doing? And the operator said, I'd be glad to help you, dear. What's the name and room number of the patient? And the uh, grandmother, in a very weak and tremulous voice, said, Norma Finley, room 302. And the operator replied, well, let me put you on hold, and I'll check with the nurse's station for that room. And shortly later, she got back on the line and said, I've got good news. Uh, The nurse said that Norma is doing well. Her blood work came back normal, and the physician, Dr. Cohen, plans to discharge her tomorrow. And the grandmother said, thank you, that's wonderful. I was so worried. God bless you for that good news. And the operator replied, you're more than welcome, Ms. Norma, your daughter. And the grandmother said, no, I'm Norma Finley in room 302. Nobody tells me anything. <laughs> and so we've been talking about hearing God. And I have gotten great feedback from people at every campus, West Fort Worth, South Lake. North Richland Hills, and they're saying that for the first time, many are really starting to understand the way God is trying to communicate with them. And I think we'd all agree it's good news when somebody's hearing improves. And I'm encouraged that so many of you are saying that. But what if you have perceived very little change in your hearing? It seemed to me only right that I close this series wanting to speak to those of you who have not perceived an improvement in your capacity to hear God. I want to say something to those of you who feel like you hear nothing. And the first thing I want to say is, don't be so quick to assume that means God is upset with you. Don't assume that silence is a sign of God's displeasure. And it's easy to do that because typically in human relationships, that's what it means if someone gives you the silent treatment, right? If someone is giving you the silent treatment, you just assume they must be upset with me. I just assume if I don't hear anything from someone I want to hear from, they must not think I'm worth anything. And maybe you've had those thoughts about God. Now, some people hear from God, the special people, the people who have red phones that go straight to heaven. But I must not be one of those people. Because all I ever get when I try to talk to God is a busy signal. Well, maybe it will help you to know that the road that you are on is very well traveled. The heroes of the Bible knew what it was like to live with the silence of God. Like David in Psalm 22, verse 1 and 2. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Why are you so far away when I groan for help? Every day I call to you, my God, but you do not answer. 
Every night you hear my voice, but I find no relief. You notice he's not saying that God can't hear him. He's saying he can't hear God. And a lot of the heroes of Scripture had to live with prolonged periods of silence in their faith journey. Abraham did, and so did Job, and Joseph, and Hannah, and John, and Elizabeth. And in none of those cases in the Bible was God disciplining his servant. And so don't assume if God has you on a delay, that that means God is displeased. It is very critical that we believe that God is who Jesus revealed him to be. And the God that Jesus revealed is a caring father, a gracious father, a consistent father. He's a father that doesn't just talk to some of his kids, but to all of them. And so, if you are in an extended season of hearing nothing from your Father in heaven, it's good to consider what on earth might be going on. And so I want to share with you some questions that you may want to write down and ask yourself if you're in one of these seasons. The first three will kind of be a review of things we've already talked about. The first question is, am I expecting to hear from God because many of us grew up with the understanding that God wrote the Bible and then God became mute and you do not listen for someone that you do not expect to speak. But we have argued that what separates God from all the other deities worshipped by the other religions of the world is that the God of Christianity enters into a dynamic relationship. The God of the Bible speaks back. Paul told the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 12 too, you know that when you were still pagans, You were led astray and you swept along worshiping speechless idols. This is not the God of the Bible. What delineates the God of the Bible from the other gods of the world is that he responds. That he invites us into relationship, not a monologue where we do all the talking, but a dialogue where he responds. And it's been exciting to me. To hear from so many of you who feel like they are getting permission to embrace what they've long suspected. I get a lot of emails. I got one recently from a a preacher. He's a native of another country. And some missionaries from our country went to his nation and taught him about Christ. Unfortunately, I think, they also taught that God doesn't speak anymore. They handed off to him a fairly rigid legalistic faith to preach. He listens every week to our preaching and services on the internet. He said, Brother Ashley, 
Greetings in Christ. Most wonderful day to you and your family. I hope I'm not taking up much of your time. But I just had to write a few lines and let you know what a tremendous blessing your series, Hearing God, has been to my life. And I'm sure to the lives of many. For many years from childhood until this day, I have felt the leading of God's hand in different ways. At times, I felt the whisper of his voice. At other times, that voice has been through people he sent in my life. On other occasions, he's used situations and events, tragedy and triumph. And up until hearing the first couple of lessons of your series, I used to feel like there was something wrong with me. Since the preachers would preach against such a teaching or even a feeling. And so because of what I was taught and taught to teach for many years, I often wondered maybe I was reading too much into what I felt. Like maybe it wasn't God who was placing something on my heart. And so in most cases, I simply ignored it. I chastised myself and I moved on trying to ignore what I felt in my heart to be real. But now, Brother Ashley, I feel like something that has welled up in me for so long can finally be released. Like as if it's all right now to feel good and happy because of God's communication with me. And I know you might have some difficulty internalizing what you're now revealing in your lesson series, but please continue to do so for the many around the globe who feel themselves to be international members of the hills. I um, have gotten a lot of sweet comments from members of our church, but my favorites have been two or three from members of our church in their 80s who pulled me aside and said, Rick, I've heard from God for years, but now I feel like I can tell people and they won't think I'm weird. (laughs) And maybe for the first time, you are realizing that God has been trying to get in touch with you. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. But we said, remember, little lambs have to learn how to hear the voice of the shepherd. And that might be where you are, and that's okay. Do you remember the story in the Old Testament where little Samuel is with Eli training to become a prophet and priest? And he hears God at night And he's never heard God. So he doesn't think it is God. He thinks it's Eli in the other room. And the Bible says in 1 Samuel 3 and in verse 7, Samuel did not know yet the Lord because he'd never heard a message from the Lord before. He had to learn how to recognize the voice of God. And my prayer is that what we've been through the last few weeks is helping you do that. Because again, it is not my job to hear God for you. But it is my job to equip you to hear God. And so that's a very important first question. The first speed bump you have to get over. Are you expecting to hear from God? Here's another important question. Am I too distracted to hear from God? Because deciding to listen is a choice. And your ears are not really open if your mind is always somewhere else. We all know what it's like to talk to someone. And we know while we're talking to them, they are pretending to listen. Because their mind is somewhere else. They tell a story about President Franklin Roosevelt 
He used to detest those long receiving lines he had to stand in at the White House as people would file by because he said no one even pays any attention. And so according to the story one day, as people came by, he would just mumble to every single person, I killed my grandmother this morning. (laughs) And they would all shake his hand and say, good job, Mr. President. God bless you, sir. We're behind you. Keep it up. Until toward the end of the line, there was an ambassador from Bolivia, and Roosevelt mumbled, I killed my grandmother this morning, and the ambassador leaned in and said, I'm sure she had it coming. (laughs) So you might be saying, well, God isn't speaking to me. Maybe he's trying, but the line on your end is busy. Jesus said in Luke 8, verse 14, here's one reason we have trouble hearing the word of the Lord. The seed, that stands for the word, it falls among thorns, and it stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, pleasures, and they do not mature. They're choked by weeds. Now, you know weeds don't have to be intentionally grown. Weeds just happen when we get neglectful. And so I hope you've been doing some of these exercises that we've asked you to do every week. Eric Robinson has prepared these for us, and I think he's done a great job. Do you remember one week he had us just read Scripture slowly and just stop and meditate and see if God spoke? And we're reading that passage, and I read it, and I read it again, and I read it again, and each time I would just stop and pause. And I feel like God gave me an insight. And by the way, the very best interpreter of the Bible is the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit wrote it so he knows what he was trying to say. The word is choked by worries, riches, and pleasures. And the thought came to me. Now, that would make sense that worries would choke the word of the Lord. But why would riches and pleasures... And I felt the Lord saying to me, one of the problems in your church, Rick, is your church is so wealthy. We can afford so many gadgets and so many toys so that we don't ever have to be silent. Is it possible we have too much stuff to hear God? We're constantly surrounded by ambient noise. When does God get your undivided attention? And so I like the way Jesus' advice on prayer is translated from the message in Matthew 6 and verse 6. Find a quiet secluded space so you won't be tempted to role play before God just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage the focus will shift from you to God and you will begin to sense his grace 15 times Jesus said You've got ears to hear. Use them. And so, if you're not hearing from God, 
It might not be because he's silent. It might be because your life is just too noisy. Am I too distracted to hear from God? Here's a third question. Again, it's a review of things we've already said. Am I ignoring God's clear voice in another area of my life? Because God does not consistently respond to rebels. Do you remember King Saul, whose heart had grown hard toward God and his sovereignty? And late in his life, he is trying to find out a course of action. And the Bible says in 1 Samuel 28 and in verse 6, that Saul asked the Lord what he should do. But the Lord refused to answer him, either by dreams or by sacred lots or by the prophets. You might remember that I told you that God doesn't speak just to be heard. He speaks to be obeyed. God doesn't speak just because he likes to hear the sound of his voice. He speaks because he wants you to respond to what he's going to say. Now, my guess is you don't particularly like to have a conversation with someone who's got their back turned to you. Neither does God. He does not like to speak to people who turn their back to him. You can't stiff arm the Holy Spirit in one part of your life and then expect the Holy Spirit to speak to you in another. The psalmist says in chapter 66, if I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. Several years ago, an engineer named Elwood Norris developed something called hypersonic sound. It's amazing. He can take sound waves and he can shoot them up to 150 yards on a, like a laser so that you can stand in one spot where that laser of sound is being shot and you can hear music or conversation and you can stand just a little bit to the side and hear nothing. You can hear nothing if you're not in the right place. And so if you know in one part of your life you are in the wrong place, you could be putting yourself in a spot where you can no longer hear God. Unconfessed and unaddressed sin. I'm not saying it's always the reason you don't hear from God. I'm saying it could be a reason. So checking your hearing might begin with checking your heart to make sure it's good. Now, if your heart is good then God's silence might just mean that all your options are as well. Did you know that several different courses can often be inside the will of God? Years ago, a young college student came and said, I want to find God's will, and I'm confused. And I said, what's the choice? He said, well, this summer I have the choice of returning to my home and working with our youth group at our church, or I could go on a mission trip to a foreign country. 
And I don't want to disappoint God. And I said, I don't think either of those choices is going to disappoint God. I think both of those choices are going to be inside God's will for you. What would you like to do? She said, what would I like to do? It's okay to do what I like to do? If it's inside God's will, it is. And so she went to the mission field. My son, my youngest, graduated last night from high school. He's about to go off to college. You know what? I'm not expecting that I'm going to have to call him every hour and tell him what to do. Because he has matured. The kind of direction he needed as a boy, he doesn't need it as a young man. I trust him. He makes choices that are within what he knows is the will of his earthly and heavenly father. And so sometimes God's silence doesn't communicate displeasure. It communicates trust. Sometimes God is just saying, I'm proud of you. I like the way you're walking. You have a bunch of choices. I'm happy with all of them. Enjoy and do what you like, my child. Now, two more questions. Let's move into some new ground. When you're dealing with the silence of God, it's important to ask yourself, am I wanting to hear God for my purposes or His? Some of you, and you probably don't want to admit it, are old enough to remember George Burns and Gracie Allen. They were a comic couple, and Gracie would play the part of the ditzy wife, although she was probably pretty brilliant. In one of her routines, a repairman would come because her electric clock wasn't working and she wanted it fixed. And so the repairman shows up, and after a while he says, there's nothing wrong with this clock, you just haven't plugged it in. And she says, well, I don't plug it in to save electricity. I just plug it in when I want to know what time it is. (laughs) I wonder how many people only try to tune in to God when they need something. Is that primarily when you want to hear from God? When you need something. When your life is in some kind of a crisis moment and suddenly you want to hear from God. See, I'm beginning to understand that my goal for communing with God isn't to get something from God. It's to get God. That hearing God isn't the goal, my friends. Hearing God is the means. The goal is intimacy. And fellowship with God. God is the goal. See, too often in the past, I've wanted direction from God more than I wanted connection with God. But what I'm learning is that I want to hear from God, not so He'll endorse or fix my agenda but so I can understand and just totally embrace His. And so sometimes we ask God for clarity and we think we know what's best. But we understand after a period of silence that God's agenda is different. Do you remember Paul talking to God about this thorn in his flesh? 
2 Corinthians 12, three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I'll boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. He did not get the answer he first thought he wanted, but he got the answer he needed. And God will do that. God will in time explain and speak and help us understand his agenda. He's too good a father to ever give us everything we asked for. You didn't do that with your children, and God doesn't do that with his. But he knows how to give us more than we ask for. It's just that sometimes it takes time for us to know that his answer was best. And that's the last question. Am I willing to wait for his voice? God always speaks. He doesn't always speak right away. Am I willing to wait for his voice? Because people of faith understand that sometimes, like the Bible says, God is slow to speak. The prophet Habakkuk cannot understand what God is up to in the nation of Israel. He voices his complaint in chapter 2, verse 1. He says, I will climb up to my watchtower. I'll stand at my guard post. And there I will wait to see what the Lord says. David in Psalm 5, verse 3 says, Listen to my voice in the morning, Lord. Each morning I bring my request to you and wait expectantly. See, God never rejects me. Sometimes he rejects my timing, but he never rejects me. Now, why would God do that? Why would God make us wait for an answer he fully intends to give us? One reason might be because we're not ready for what he has to say. Jesus even told his disciples in John 16, verse 12, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. And we all know that in our path of discipleship, God has revealed to us truth as we matured, we weren't ready for as baby followers. That's one reason. Sometimes God delays in speaking simply because later is better. Lazarus' sisters called out and called out. They could not understand why Jesus would not come as soon as they heard that their brother was sick. But when he did come and he raised their brother from the dead, the God of heaven received glory in a way that could never have been bestowed. If they had got an answer right away. Is it okay with you. For God. To take whatever route. He needs to take. 
to most glorify His name when He answers your prayer. And then sometimes, sometimes God makes us wait because before He can give a word to us, He's got to finish a work in us. And so we learn patience. And the Bible says in Romans chapter 5, patience produces character. And character produces hope. And while God does his work, we wait. We wait for a word. And have you ever noticed that when you really love somebody, Sometimes it's okay just to be with them, even when there are no words. I love taking walks, watching TV shows with, or just sitting in a room reading a book with my wife, knowing she's in the same room reading another book. Sometimes when you really love somebody, Just knowing their presence is with you is okay. The words will come later. Just spending time with God is transforming. I don't want to leave you with the impression that every 30 seconds I hear from God. I love to take long walks or go on runs and spend time with the Lord and sometimes... I hear, and sometimes we just enjoy each other's company. But I've learned that just because I hear nothing doesn't mean nothing is happening. I have permission from my wife to share this story. We were in a very, very hard season with one of our children. And we'd spent a lot of time pouring out prayers and petitions and tears to God, and it didn't seem like we were hearing much. And in one of those times, Jamie is praying before the Lord, and a picture came to her mind, a picture of a, of a pot being put into a kiln. And she knew immediately that picture was from the Lord. That he's the potter and she's the clay. But she just said, Lord, why does it take so long? And she heard the Lord say, it's not just the fire. It's the fire and the time that produces the vessel I can use. And so Jamie determined she would praise God even in the oven. Because she does not want to be a vessel that's only put on a shelf. She wants to be a vessel the Lord can use. And you do too. We know the word we want. God knows the word we need. And I want you to be assured that until God speaks, you haven't heard. The last word.
So no matter what your situation is, keep listening. Because the last word is always the best word. Would you bow with me, please? On every campus now, I'd like you to join me in a prayer exercise. I'm going to ask you three questions, and as I ask, I want you to pray. Here's the first question. Aren't you glad we have a God who speaks? Would you take a moment now, just thank God that He speaks to us. Take a moment and do that. And now, would you ask God to improve your hearing? Maybe he'll give you clarity. Maybe he'll tell you you've got too many distractions. Or maybe he'll say there's a part, one area of your life that we need to deal with. But would you just ask God to give you clarity? Lord, what do I need to do to improve my hearing? One more question. Every one of us has one part of our life where we've got to struggle. And we know what we want God to say. But it might not be what he needs for us to hear. So you identify that area and you tell God right now, I'm ready to hear your answer. It doesn't have to be my answer. I'm ready to hear your answer. And I'm ready to wait until you think I'm ready to hear it. Just go ahead and tell God right now that you want to hear His answer. And now, Father, we ask in the power of the Holy Spirit that you increase our faith to hear what you say. Give us faith to hear what you say. For the glory of Jesus. Amen. Now, on every campus, I'm going to ask our prayer teams to take their places. And in a moment, you're going to have a chance just to go and share in prayer with someone as God does business in your life or to share with someone that you want to be baptized into Jesus Christ. At every campus, would you all stand up now and let's ask God to give us that faith.